Well, good evening, everyone. It is back, and we are actually back with a Sunday evening edition. Usually, we're on on Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday mornings, but today, hey, all of us are free on the Sunday night, so Jed, Jim, welcome. As always, Jed is over in the suburb of Chicago. Jimmy, my brother, is over in Phoenix, Arizona, and I am sitting here in the south side of Chicago, right next to Guarantee Rate Field. So, Hey, we're going to talk a little bit. It's called NFL Matchup, but we're going to spend a little time talking about NFL news. And then from that point on, we're also going to spend some time talking about the NBA playoffs, too, as well, too. And I, I think a lot of times one of you guys said that you wanted to talk Bitcoins, so I'm sure we could talk some Bitcoins as well. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, breaking news today. I'm sitting here watching oh, a movie with my wife. Big we news. were watching uh, – Man, what was that a scary movie that we were watching? Oh, Whatever. The no, the other one. Um, the one with the guy from The Office. I completely forgot what it was. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Scary. No, Quiet Place 2. Yeah. Jen, I was watching Quiet Place 2 at the theaters, <laughs> and suddenly I see the Julio Jones. Julio Jones. Is going to be traded to the Tennessee Titans. Huge. So, as a result... Who are you picking, Jed? I'm going to start with you, A.J. Brown or Julio Jones. Uh, actually, neither. I, I don't think, um, you know, for Brown, this his stats should take a little bit of a hit, unfortunately. <clears throat> I think this was a year we were hoping he would be clear-cut number one, top yes. five, but I, I don't think so. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't think – I think, if anything, this just helps Tannehill. I think Tannehill's stock goes up a lot. This is yeah. going to help Derrick Henry. The Tennessee Titans is definitely – they went from 35-1 to 1 odds to 30-1 to 1 odds to win the Super Bowl. So this helps the team. But as far as fantasy, um, really probably who this helps the most is Calvin Ridley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, seriously, I mean, Jim, I'm not sure what you think, but, Jed, I was all ready to pick A.J. Brown as my top wide receiver yep. in the whole – the latter second round, early third round. Yeah. I'm sorry, oh my gosh, with Julio Jones, I, I don't know who's going to get the touchdowns. Yeah. I'm not sure what the distribution is. The one thing that we'll say, the one interesting thing about the stats is Calvin Ridley had better per game stats with Julio Jones than without, which is pretty interesting. So Julio should draw some coverages, which you would think would help A.J. Brown. But as far as volume, it's definitely going to go down. Um, so that that's it's a tricky thing, you know, but like you said, it's not a sure bet. I think he was definitely going to be top five. Now we'll have to see. Don't you think this puts quite a bit of pressure on Kyle, um, Kyle Pitts, though, as the replacement? I mean, I think Kelvin Ridley is going to do well, but Pitts is going to be under some pressure. Yeah, well, John Smith leaving, Pitts yeah. stepping in as a first year. You're right. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if he how quickly he can get acclimated. And for Tannehill too. Like to me now, the pressure is on Tannehill. If he can't perform with both these wide receivers, yeah. uh, you know, he's probably going to be gone. Hey, look, I mean, a lot of times Calvin Ridley is your number one wide receiver, but Kyle Pitts now becomes your number two pass catcher in the Atlanta offense. And so, look, what we've talked about, there's George Kittles, there's Travis Kelsey. I th- I think he's actually better than Darren Waller. What, what do you guys think? Any of you agree, disagree? No. I mean, I quite honestly, if, Darren, if it was between Darren Waller and Kyle Pitts, I'm still going after Darren Waller. Here's, here's my thing. I think they're going to rely on Pitts a lot. There's never been a tight end that's that's had more than 900 receiving yards in their first year, right? So I'm still going to go after the sure thing. Now, I do think Pitts is going to do well, even from a touchdown perspective. I also would consider Russell Gage, who's now going to be the second wide receiver for the Falcons. 
Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm, I'm, I love Pitts. I think there's huge upside. Um, but man, as we saw last year, there were a lot of first year tight ends we were excited about, and and they just had some bumps. You know, T.J. Hawkinson. You know, they mm -hmm. all have some bumps, and so I agree. I don't know that I'm thinking he's number three. Um, I think maybe around the fifth, fifth to sixth is probably right around as, as far as the tight ends that I. But don't you think Calvin Ridley jumps up to second round though? Oh yeah, Ridley for sure. As far as wide receivers, I think Ridley. Um, yeah, I think he's probably Julio, Julio Jones. I mean, he's always been taking the first or second round. My guess, fifth or six, maybe six. I yeah. think Julio drops down quite a bit. Well, even last year, if you saw, even last year, Calvin was coming off the board before Julio already. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. He's probably in the fifth or sixth round. But All you right. know what? He had a really bad year last year. He had a down year when with his injury. So there could it could be a bounce back opportunity. Mm -hmm. Jim, now let me ask you, who are you picking ahead of uh, Calvin Ridley? Are you picking Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill? Uh, which of these wide receivers are you picking before you get to uh, Calvin Ridley? Um, I don't know about that. Uh, I mean, I guess we're still unsure as to what. If Aaron Rodgers is still there, I think Devontae Adams is still at the top, one or two, right? You're also looking at um, – who else was I thinking about that would be high up there as well? Tyreek Hill I think would be high up there. DeAndre Hopkins. Um, DeAndre Hopkins, I think, would be high up there as well, too. Uh, DK Metcalf, I think, is going to be pretty high, you know. A.J. Brown was going to be high before Julio Jones. But I would say, right, if I was going to pick, I think Calvin Ridley will be six or seven wide receiver um, that's going to be picked off the board. Now, um, some people are going to go after the Kelseys of the world, Wallers of the world. So I can see Ridley going – Maybe end of second, early third is is how I would look at it. Hey, yeah. Jim, uh, yeah. I, I'm looking at some of the early rankings. Uh, this is before Calvin Ridley uh, was a clear cut. People were picking Stefan Diggs ahead of Calvin Ridley as your third best wide receiver. It was going to be Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams. It looks like St Stefan Diggs. There is no way Stefan Diggs is worse than Calvin Ridley. Or better than <laughs> he Calvin did lead Ridley. the league in receptions last year, and he's got a good relationship with Josh Allen. But yeah. I would still, I honestly would pick Calvin Ridley over Stefan Diggs. Yeah, I agree. I think Ridley with this move, he bumps ahead of Diggs. But yeah. but don't I mean Diggs proved himself last year. I was down on him last year, but he certainly proved himself. And the Bills are legit. So uh, I think top five for Diggs is not a mistake. The guy I was going to say, you guys know I love Diggs. DK Metcalf. Yeah, so for yeah. me, DK Metcalf, uh, top three. Um, but I think you're right. I think Ridley pops into that top five now. And I think AJ Brown slips further back. He's probably normally in the six to seven range. He's probably closer to like maybe the nine or 10 yeah. range now. Does this change the way you guys look at drafting, right? If you really look at the board, <clears throat> there's tons of wide receivers out there. The rookie class is going to be good. Last year's class is going to be good. And so for me, I'm looking at it and say, I might actually go straight like two, two running backs tight end before I even yeah. go wide receiver. Yeah, because after you go through the top tier of your running backs, everyone, is there's nothing in the third, fourth round. I mean, the medium size, Chris Carson, pretty good. Maybe the guy out of Arizona, okay, Chase Edmonds. But at the same time, I'm going to go uh, running back, running back all day. Yeah. The hard part is if you look at the trend that most people look at by the end, and this is a 17 game season, right? By the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th game, when we're in the thick of the playoffs, 
you're not usually playing your starting running back. You're you're playing your backup running back. And so part of it is you better make sure you're also picking up some good free agents and backups because we found even last year, Mike Davis coming in for McCaffrey. I mean, whoever got him had a solid running back by the end. Yeah, I mean, it's all about injuries. You know, just yeah. like in real life, fantasy is just like real life. It's all about being able to manage your injuries, having those handcuffed running backs, you know, as an insurance policy. So I agree. I mean, this year, you're right. Probably more than any year, this can go back to the more traditional draft strategy, which is heavy up on running back, yeah. weight on the, you know, weight on the wide receivers and quarterbacks. I mean, think about it. You can get like Justin Jefferson, right? Towards the end of the second. Early oh, third I round. was just, yeah, I was just looking at him. He's, he's going top 10. It looks like pretty yeah. clear. Um, I'm most bored. So he's probably the one that really shot up from his, uh, you know, last year. Over the weekend, Green Bay Packers, Mark Murphy says that Aaron Rodgers has divided the fan base in Green Bay. He also emphasized two things. Number one, the Packers are not budging on key and want to keep Rodgers in the fold, not only in 2021, but beyond. Number two, he wants, he's giving his full backing to general manager, uh, Brian, I'm going to butcher his name, Gunkunst over at Green Bay. What do you think, Jim? I'm going to go to you. What do you think is going to happen? Are you still uh, think that Aaron Rodgers have played his last game in Green Bay? I think Aaron Rodgers is a diva. I think Aaron <laughs> Rodgers is so focused on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, at the end of the day, what does he want? He, he, his hurt, ego got hurt. He wants the general manager gone. And he's forcing the Green Bay Packers to listen. Green Bay's not going to listen to him. At the end of the day, they know they got Jordan Love. They know that they may, they're may they going to look bad trading a former MVP. But I think they're going to have to trade him. Um, now they're going to go through some growing phases. But I think the more Aaron Rodgers keeps this up, the fan base is going to be like, just let him go. You know, let's just see what what happens with Jordan Love. Yeah, I, I agree. I think Aaron Rodgers' ego will not let him go back to the team like he's made his stance and as you said he's a diva and i mean it's just like the two-year-old who's throwing a tantrum he's not gonna quit until he gets his way so well, uh, especially with this statement coming out right from the owner back in the general manager i mean essentially he's saying you can say whatever you want aaron but we're still back in the general manager Okay, I will totally disagree with you guys. I actually don't think he's being a diva. I actually agree with everything that he's doing on this team. And here's the reason why. There is, no, I, I believe that Aaron Rodgers is better than Brett Favre and is your best quarterback ever to play in Green Bay. The very fact that Green Bay picked Jordan Love without even mentioning it to Aaron Rodgers in the first round and never has supplied him with a lot of wide receiver offensive line help where he just got killed. Look, I mean, you're showing the guy the ultimate disrespect. So if I was him, I'd be doing the same thing. Look, I'd be so peeved off because I he's given the best to the team. No, but think about it, right? Like, we don't know what happened in that draft room. If they saw that Jordan Love was still there and they, they picked him, but then they decided well, we're going to pick him, right? They're going to tell the coach or whoever, call Call Aaron Rodgers, let him know we're going to pick him. They might not have even known before that day that they're going to pick him. No one really knows the circumstances. And so for for Rodgers to take this to the public and force the Green Bay Packers' hand, if I was the general manager, I was like, heck with that. Thank you very much. We've enjoyed it, but it's time to move on. I mean, he's, what, 34, 35, 36 years old? You, you really only have a couple more years left with him. 
Yeah, I, I agree, Tommy, with the end goal that I don't have a problem with Rogers saying, I'm out of here. Like, you guys have not done enough for me. I'm out of here. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with how he's going about it. You know, I feel like um, the way he's going about it, he's taking kind of the diva position, which is essentially, you have to let me go because I want to go. You know, and so that's the part I have a problem with. But I agree with you as far as the end product. Hey, if you're a player, you have a set amount of time to get – Whatever you can get, whether that's money or championships, I got no problem with him doing what yeah. he can do to get that. From a fantasy standpoint, though, if Rodgers is gone, I'm not picking up any of those guys. See, I, mean, I, I I disagree. I think Adams is so good that really? I, you would still I think pick up Devontae Adams? I would still pick. Now, I wouldn't pick him maybe not top five, but I still think he's top ten. I mean, he's yeah. that good. Yeah. Hey, in the dream scenario. I would love to see him on the Pittsburgh Steelers. Can you imagine if he was on the Pittsburgh Steelers? Ben Roethlisberger is not – I mean, look at all his – Chase Claypool. Look at J.J. Schuster. Man, he would be doing so well if he was on Pittsburgh Steelers. I, I, I bet if he gets traded, they're going to trade him somewhere west because he's going to want to be closer to California. It's going to be either Denver or it's going to be the Raiders. That's my guess. It's going to be one of those two teams. Got it. Hey, last thing, minor thing is um, Todd Gurley, free agent running back. It has visited the Detroit Lions. Most likely he will sign with the Detroit Lions. And so suddenly you have DeAndre Swift. Then from that point on, you have Jamal Williams. Oh, my gosh. Hey, look, I was going. I thought DeAndre Swift was the best of the second-year running backs after Jonathan Taylor. This does not help, help me out at all. Yeah, I'm I, Detroit to me. I don't know. I feel like they're a little bit of a mess right now. So I think that, but you know, in general, even last year, I think we were staying away from that backfield because yeah. there's just no production there. It's all the production is in the passing game. So um, yeah, I agree. Probably stay away. All right. Hey, let's switch gears a little bit. Jed, I'm going to start with you. Talk to me about the NBA playoffs. What, actually, before you start, let me ask you a quick question. Of all the players in the remaining in the playoffs, who do you enjoy watching? Oh, you, you know, I have to say Trey Young. I mean, yeah. my uh, Oklahoma roots. I mean, if you have been watching, I've been following almost every Atlanta game. When he is in, the offense is so smooth. Um, There's so many open shots, so many um, alley-oops, so many dunks, a ton of assists. He leaves that team, and it's like it's like you went from the varsity to the JV. It's just a totally different team. Um, but I, I've really enjoyed kind of his coming out party. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm sad for Luca that they lost. I thought I thought Dallas was going to beat the Clippers, and I thought this was going to be kind of the Luca and Trey. Because if you remember, they got traded for each other mm-hmm. on draft day, and so I kind of yeah. thought this was going to be the coming out party for both of them. Uh, Luca, unfortunately, they got to get him some help because he had no help. But but as far as players, I mean, Trey Young is just a joy to watch. I love watching him. Play. Jet, okay, so I was there was a great Yahoo article where they compared Luca and Trey. And they said, at the end of the day, who would you have picked? Would you pick Luca or would you pick up Trey? Oh, hands down, it's Luca. Like yeah. Luca is a once in. I mean, did a you see what he did today? He scored forty. I mean, it was a triple double. But oh, he, he had, you're yeah. right. He had no help whatsoever. Oh, he he is a yeah. once in a generation talent. Like they, it, no kidding. Like if you have if you invest in basketball cards or anything like that, pick up Luca. I mean, this guy really. Uh, one of the commentators. Um, What's his name? Uh, the guy who Van was the Gundy former was. coach. Yeah, uh, not Gun- Van Gutter, the other one. He was saying how Luca's essentially Magic Johnson and Larry Bird 
combined. And I'm like, yeah. that is incredible. Uh, Mark Jackson. Mark Jackson's a Hall of Famer saying that about this kid is insane. And I love Trey. Trey is not to that same level. Well, Maybe he'll did get you, there, did you hear who was it? Who were they talking? It was Barkley and Kenny Smith. They were talking about like, oh, no, no. I'm sorry. It was Reggie Miller, right? Reggie Miller was saying, so who's going to be the face of the NBA after LeBron? And he just said, it's going to be Luca. Luca's going to be the face of the NBA. Oh, the guy is phenomenal. I mean, and, and I, I tonight, what you really saw was he had zero help. I mean, Porzingis yeah. is not a, a number two. Porzingis was KP was terrible, and so I know. That's he, so sad. he has he nobody. Remember when he was so good in New York? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. You just don't know if the injury just kind of like took it mm-hmm. out of him. But but Luca is insane. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is a top three defender, and Kawhi Leonard basically said. Like this is all I can do. Like I can try to hold him to thirty, and like that's basically it. So that's it. that just tells you what the guy can do. Yeah, I'm not sure if you guys remember early in the year, John Collins over at the Atlanta Hawks criticized the way that Trey Young was running the offense. Then from that point, Lord Pierce was the for, uh, former coach. He was terrible and got fired for Nick McMillan. And suddenly now the team has been playing really well. Uh, Clint Capella, I love watching Clint Capella play. John Collins is doing well. Bogdanovich uh, is doing really well. They seem to be doing really well on this team. Yeah, and, so and I, I agree gonna... that – I Go was going to say I agree it's Nate McMillan because what happened was – remember Nate McMillan was an all-defensive player uh, from his days in Seattle, and he brought that defensive mindset, which has really ignited the rest of the offense. And so I, I, I give him a, a ton of credit. Here's my thing. Joe Embiid, most likely, if he's going to play, he's going to be at 60%, right? I think Atlanta's going to beat they're, – they're going to beat um, Philadelphia. Whether or not they're going to be able to beat the Nets will also depend on the health of James Harden, who, as many of you guys know, went out in the first – like literally the first minute of yesterday's game. But I, I am looking forward to a game between Atlanta and also potentially the Brooklyn Nets. So – uh, Jen, Jim, so you're you're saying that Brooklyn, you think, believe, will beat the Milwaukee Bucks? I think they've got more firepower than Milwaukee. Yes. Yeah, I agree with that. I think the Nets are going to win even without James Harden. I think um, I expect Milwaukee to play a really good game too. So you should definitely mm-hmm. tune in tomorrow. Um, they had a really poor shooting game that first game, especially from three point land. Drew Holiday uh, did not perform well. So I expect the Bucks maybe can pull off this game too. But if, I think Brooklyn is pretty locked in. I'm expecting this not to go more than six games, and I'm expecting Brooklyn to come out of that game. Um, Atlanta, I do like Atlanta, especially with um, Joel Embiid kind of hurt. Um, but I think this one is going to go six, maybe probably seven games. Um, it's really kind of come down to that final game. Uh, I agree with you, though. I think Atlanta could squeak it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hey. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. But I don't think they're going to be able to beat Brooklyn, especially if Harden's back in the lineup. I can I can see right. I can see them sit, trying to sit out Harden another game, maybe a couple games. See how this series go. If they need him, they'll tell him to come back. If they don't need him, they're just going to rest him up for the conference finals. Yeah, even without Harden, I, I don't think Atlanta can beat Brooklyn. Brooklyn yeah. is the class of the East and really the class of, I think, the NBA. To me, this is uh, Brooklyn's championship to lose. I mean, they are showing that they are dialed in. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, um, they're just phenomenal. The two of them together, as long yeah. as they're healthy, pretty much can win it. 
Now, I would probably argue in Milwaukee's place, if you look at it, Brooke Lopez had 19 points. Giannis had 34 points, 11 rebounds. Your key player, I mean, we talked about Drew Holiday, 17 points, 9 rebounds, 9 assists. It's Chris Middleton who had 13 points but 13 rebounds. If suddenly he does really well, I believe that it all ends on Chris Middleton. If he averages about 20 and also uh, rebounds about double-double, I think they have a good chance. The one thing about Brooklyn is they tend not to play offense at times. And so a lot of times, hey, look, I believe that if they really pound it hard, they have a chance. I'm not counting them out at all. Yeah, See, I, here's, I think here's, Milwaukee's advantage is height. Like, they are huge. So if they pound it down low, they can take advantage. Blake Griffin had a great game one, but he's not the same Blake Griffin he was. And so mm-hmm. they can pound it down low, and if they can win that game, they, it gives them a chance. Um, but I, I think at the end of the day, they just don't have the same firepower. I mean, Drew Holiday, yeah, he had, whatever, 16, 17 points. He shot, I think, two of 12 from three-point land, and that's that's just not going to cut it. And and the problem, the problem, here's the problem. They, once... Brooklyn starts shooting those threes, especially if Harden's in. All of a sudden, as much as you're pounding that thing in there and you're trying to score two points and, and throwing it to Giannis and throwing it to Lopez, at some point they're going to get desperate and they're going to try to shoot threes as well too, right? Unless Middleton and Holiday and even Giannis is 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 doing it, right? Like you can't you can't keep up with Brooklyn. Uh, especially the way those guys are shooting. Because if even one of them are, is off, you got the other two. Yeah. Hey, going to the Denver Nuggets against the Portland Trailblazers. All right. How in the world did Denver win this series? Uh, unless it was just all Jokic. Look, they did not have Murray. And they, they were out with Will Barton is out. McGee was out. All these guys were out. How in the world... Did with Damian Lillard playing so well, did they lose over to? Uh, well, if if you watch that last game, Michael Porter Jr. went nuts. He had twenty two out of the first quarter, twenty seven points in that last game. He just went insane. So it's essentially, they got production from someplace they weren't expecting. But I think Denver has really been kind of under the radar, even though they're the number one seed. They've uh, um uh, not the number one, the number uh, three seed. You know, they've been kind of under the radar, uh, but I agree with you. I felt bad for Portland. I thought Dame Lillard, um, again, playing lights out. I, I, I was expecting them to win that. But 4-2, to two, winning that 4-2 to two shows a lot. Hey, honestly, if I was Damian Lillard, I request a trade because they've tried going that route. There's no way Portland's going to win, all right? Just go request a trade somewhere. He's so loyal, I, I, Yeah, I don't think they're going to trade him. They just fired their coach. They're going to go to Lillard and just say, look, Tell us who the coach you want. Tell us what you need. They're going to try to salvage this. Well, just today, he, so he already said he wanted Jason Kidd, and Jason Kidd just today said he withdrew his name from consideration. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, so, it, you know, I the poor guy, though, I do – I feel bad for Dame Lillard. I mean, the, he's incredible talent. I mean, yeah. there's a couple guys on the West to me – Devin Booker, Dame Lillard. Um, I mean, these are the the, the guys, are the young guys that are just really exploding now. And you see how good they are. It's just unbelievable. I mean, going back, I mean, look, I think Denver's going to end up beating Phoenix, but I really like Phoenix a lot. I think you think Denver's going to beat Phoenix? I think Denver's going to beat Phoenix. Look, you can't. Okay, you've got Jokic. You've got Porter. You've got Aaron Gordon. Phoenix doesn't have that height. You know. Oh, my gosh. 
Devin Booker's going to shoot all day. Chris Paul, I think, is going to be injured. I, I will. Well, I will go with Phoenix. No, but here's the thing: is if they get cold, and look, remember, Chris Paul is not a hundred percent, and you're going to rely on Denver Booker. I think they were good enough to beat the Lakers. I don't think they're going to beat Denver. See, I, I, I think, think I think they can. Yeah. I I like Phoenix. I think DeAndre Ayton down down low. I had him on my fantasy this year. Um, he didn't have a great season, but he's been coming on towards the end of the season and in the playoffs. And I think he can not necessarily negate you know the Joker, but he can at least dent some of that production there. And then if you have Booker going off, there's no one on Denver that can match up with Booker. And one thing I would say about this: the very fact that Phoenix beat Lakers. LeBron James, the player I hate the most in my uh, ever, uh, I am so glad that he lost. I am so glad that he lost. Okay, so here's another stat. This was interesting. So Chris Paul is most likely going to turn. Um, he's going to reject the forty-four million dollar option so that he can sign a two-year contract for roughly about hundred million dollars. If he does that, he will be the league's first ever four hundred million dollar player. Can you believe that? Chris Paul, that guy, $400 million player. Yeah, that's crazy. But you know what? I mean, he is a pretty phenomenal player, and he's definitely showing his longevity. Um, I just personally have always – he's just always been such a whiner that, that that's like kind of been annoying. Um, but I, I personally – I think Phoenix is coming out um, of the out of that series. I'm expecting them to win. And um, really, I think they're in a good position to come out of the West because I think whoever wins that – um, both Utah and the Clippers, I think, have have weaknesses that um, these teams can beat. Hey, Jed, Jim, did you notice who the backup point guard was for, for Phoenix? Uh, Phoenix? For, for... Yes. No, who Cameron, is it? Cameron Payne. Oh, yeah, Cameron oh, Payne from the Bulls. Yes, yes. yes. The, Bear, the Bulls dumped yeah. him because they didn't think he was yeah. that good. Look at how well he's doing as the backup point guard. No, okay, so seriously, look at all the players the Bulls dumped who's been doing well in the playoffs. They dumped Gafford. They've dumped um, Cameron Payne, Todd Derek Gibson. Rose, Jimmy Butler. I mean, who else? There were a couple other players. Todd Gibson. Oh, Todd Gibson. You know, like they dumped a lot of these players. Oh, who was it on Milwaukee? Um, Robin Lopez. No, Bobby Portis. Yeah. Yes. You know, some of these guys are doing pretty well. Well, I have no idea, so I'm glad. Uh, hey, if you had a team that came out, who are you picking? Who are you rooting for here, Jed? Um, I don't know about who I'm rooting. I think it's – for me, I think it's going to be Phoenix against Brooklyn. Uh, barring injury, I think Brooklyn is going to win the championship. But I'm I'm rooting for Atlanta. I think Atlanta's a great story. If they can pull this off and beat the 76ers, I think that's a, a phenomenal feat. Um, but, yeah, honestly, between Phoenix and Brooklyn, I don't have huge feelings towards either of those. I don't know how I feel about Brooklyn just essentially buying – um, a championship. The one good thing about it is it's a Chinese guy that owns Brooklyn. So <laughs> good for him, you know, making all that money. See, okay. I disagree with you, Jed. I think it's going to be Denver versus Brooklyn. And I actually think Denver can beat Brooklyn. Yeah. I think, I think height at the end of the day, especially the Jokic there. I mean, here's, here's the thing I like about Jokic that sometimes Giannis needs to understand. Jokic stays inside he gets the rebounds he does the triple doubles he's not going to roam around outside and try to shoot those threes he stays inside and if porter does well continues to do well aaron gordon continues to do well 
I actually think that Denver has a pretty good chance of beating Brooklyn. Okay, so let me. I I have not heard either of you guys look at the Clippers here. Let me just give you some stats. Paul George today, twenty-two points, ten assists. Kawhi Leonard, twenty-eight points, ten assists. I mean, nine assists, ten rebounds. Nick Batum is under. Reggie Jackson had fifteen points. Marcus Morris at twenty-three. Do any of you guys like the Clippers at all? I like the Clippers to beat Utah. Um, but I don't like the Clippers to come out after that. I, you know, I definitely think Kawhi turned it up um, these last two games for them to get out of um, to beat Dallas. But I, I don't see them going beyond uh, beating Utah. I mean, don't you agree if the Clippers are going to make it to past the conference finals, it's not Kawhi that they're going to have to rely on. It's Paul George. Paul George better play some really good basketball. And right now, Paul George has been disappointing in the playoffs the last few years. Yeah, but, but guys, I disagree with that. What, what Jimmy just said. Look at what Paul George did in the first round in the last couple of games: twenty-two points, six rebounds, ten assists. Twenty points, thirteen rebounds, six assists. Twenty-three points, ten rebounds, six assists. Twenty points. He's consistent, not spectacular, but he's been consistent. Yeah, but but Paul Paul George tends essentially plays worse the further you go. So once you get down to crunch time, once you get down to the championships, um, at least the conference championships, that's where George has his problems. Um, and, you know, Reggie Jackson had a pretty phenomenal series. I just don't see him sustaining that level. Um, and, and so, I, you know, I, I see that coming back to haunt them. But I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, Reggie Jackson always – Reggie Jackson is usually about 15 points – no assists and no rebounds. I mean, that's really all you're going to get from Reggie Jackson. Uh, all right. Any other thoughts on the NBA? Jim, Jed? No, I mean, I I think Phoenix would be my favorite. I really don't want Brooklyn to win. But if you look at the remaining teams, if James Harden stays in, it's going to be hard to beat Brooklyn. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, to me, um, I, I would just say I'm excited for the NBA. The NBA has been dominated by several, you know, just kind of a handful of teams. And this is great to finally have a, you know, a, um, a playoff where several more teams have a legitimate chance of winning. So I'm glad for the NBA to get a little bit more parity. Um, yeah, I, there's a part of me that doesn't want to root for Brooklyn either. But I, I really think, um, as I said, I think this is Brooklyn's to lose. Got it. Got it. Well, hey, look, next week we'll spend some more time talking about the NBA as well as the NFL, but uh, we're going to have to go back to a fantasy matchup here, so we're going to have to talk about fantasy news. But before we end, uh, which one of you guys wanted to talk about uh, crypto and start us off with crypto? Well, okay, this past week, right, we saw AMC rise from a low of $2 at the Were end any of you in on day. AMC? Uh-uh. What? Were any of you in on AMC? I wasn't. You know, I bought AMC at 14, and I only bought like 10 shares. So it actually jumped all the way at 70, and I should have sold it at 70. I still have it. It's sitting there right now at like 45, 46. Okay, interesting. Yeah. AMC, the movie theater. Yeah, the movie theater. Yeah, AMC. Oh. It, it, was, it was as low as $2 a share last December, and it just skyrocketed. I mean, I was looking at it the other day when it was at $72. It well, was that was crazy. that was because of it was because of Reddit, right? It was because of those yeah, guys that got behind it. Yeah, yeah, it was Reddit. Yeah. So the the three stocks that I have now, I have uh, I have a little bit of AMC, but I've gone I put in quite a bit into BlackBerry, 
and also Nokia. Those two stocks are actually doing really well. BlackBerry is roughly at about 13, 14. But what does BlackBerry people, make? Well, okay, so BlackBerry doesn't make phones anymore. Yeah, they, they got rid of, out of all the- into. So they're, um, I'll have to send you some article about it, but they've essentially transformed their business model. They were, I, I bought BlackBerry at around $5, and they're supposed to go up, they're estimated to go up to $36. Nokia wow. is at four or five. And I and I mean they've gone up incrementally, but they've been doing pretty well. So those are the two stocks I've been really looking at. So interesting. Blackberry. What does Blackberry do now? Um, you know, I can't really go into I don't know all the details. I just know they're not doing phones anymore. Yeah, they have the most patent. Did you know Blackberry has the most patents um out there in the United States of all of these technological products? So they're the guy behind the scenes for all of these technology things. Interesting. Yeah. No, I've been I've been just kind of watching. So I I stopped buying um, both Ethereum and Bitcoin. I've just been kind of sitting, um, watching the come. I do think they are going to recover. Uh, I mean, there's already been a little bit of a recovery. I mean, if you ever have shown interest um, in getting in, I think you can still get in now, and it's not mm-hmm. a bad time to buy into either. But I'm personally not buying anymore, and essentially just waiting to see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I haven't looked at stocks yet. So far, I'm still buying a little bit of Ethereum every single week. And I have some money uh, potentially for Dogecoin that's just sitting there for me to invest. But other than that, I just haven't done very much. Yeah, Ethereum, Ethereum I, I put in I put in something every week for Ethereum. But I've so I've been buying a lot of options for my stocks. And that's a good way to hedge your bets for options. Yeah, sorry about start, that. Maybe we should start a podcast on stocks. No, because I wouldn't know what I'm talking about. Because after a while, after like five minutes, I have dead silence because I've run out things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. No, I see. So you read the Reddit? I read the Reddit blogs every day. I mean, if you can get, bypass all the swearing on there, they actually put in some in, in, uh, like really good information. Now, all of the uh, expert portfolio managers hate the Reddit guys. Because they said there's no rhyme or reason why they decide to pick these stocks, right? Last week it was AMC. They picked Bed Bath and Beyond and Colts, the 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 you know the the headphone folks. And so mm-hmm. all all of the Bank America, other portfolio folks were like, "This is this is ridiculous." But they can't deny that these guys, all the young millennials, are jumping in on whatever these Reddit guys are saying. Well, it's Robinhood. It's all the investors in Robinhood. If you you know you got the Robinhood app, you finally got enough mass of kind of yeah. young people, and so they can they can sway, they can make moves and uh, actually sway prices. So I agree with you. Yeah, we could probably do podcasts on just basic investing. I mean, to me, I feel like that's something I'm personally I've tried to do that with several friends, even at our church and whatnot. It was just. You know, helping people to understand that if you have a little money on the side, you really you don't want to just have it sitting there. You want to let the money work for you a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Okay. So, can I tell you if if you guys don't understand options, do you do you do any options trading, Jed? I don't. I understand the concept behind it. It's just it's scary to me the idea of uh, I think here's essentially my thing, trading options on the trading. Future. I so I put it all all the way out for like two years from now, right? So the, the, the good thing about options trading, for instance, today I could spend over I could spend close to ten thousand dollars buying like a hundred shares of Apple stock, right? And whether or not it goes up, that's a lot of money that I'm spending. But if I buy the options, 
I'm only spending a couple of thousand versus a hundred thousand dollars and I'm putting it all the way out to January. So I quite honestly don't have to worry about it, but when it goes up, I can sell it or I can have the option of buying those. So it, it, it works in my favor. Yeah. I have no idea what that meant. <laughs> in terms of options, no idea what that meant. Yeah, it's just the it's just the opportunity to buy something at a future date at a at a previous price point. And yeah. so um, but the problem is just if it goes down. If it goes down, then you're sitting there essentially, you get forced when the day comes up, you get forced to yeah. buy something that's no longer worth that. So well, no, that's true. But here's the thing is if you put it out to like 2023, which I've I started buying options to go out a couple months, except this past week I did gamble and I bought some AMC options to expire at the end of next week. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. Hey, uh, we'll see if we're getting, we should be able to get back together again next week. And I actually have a person coming in to do some stats and research for us. So we'll probably have some more stats for us, especially as we head into the football season. So other than that, any other thoughts for both any of you guys? I think Aaron Rodgers will get traded next week. That's my bet. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Um, I haven't heard any more of, of the Bears. Um, I, the only thing I'll say is I hope they don't start Justin Fields. I hope they let him sit um, at least for a couple games and, um, you know, kind of takes take their time there. But I'm excited to see what happens. Okay, speaking well, of okay. the Bears, do any of you guys know why Nick Foles did not want to be traded to Philadelphia Eagles? No, but did you see that New York and Philadelphia newspapers have been pushing the teams to trade for Nick Foles? So I was like, look, if you can trick Nick Foles, trade him. Even if you can oh, get yeah. like a fourth or fifth rounder out of them. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Hey, we'll see you next week. And for more information, check us out on Instagram and Facebook. So we'll see you soon.